0: welcome to fearless mom today is session two of our pirate parenting series i love this series where we simplify and clarify the overwhelming topic of discipline and today we are going to talk about how important it is and how we teach our kids a healthy understanding of authority But first, we want to welcome in our online moms. Um, If you are watching or listening by yourself, if you are with a group, we are thrilled that technology has connected us, and we hope that you feel our cheers from Austin. You are not alone. We believe in you. We are with you, and we are for you. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you give us an example of healthy authority. You love us and you give us commands because you love us. God, right now I ask that you settle our hearts, that you open our eyes and our ears so we can see and hear what you want us to learn today. So that we can be the best moms that we can be. The moms that you created us to be to raise up these kids to be who you created them to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, When Emily was two years old, we lived um, right outside Dallas in a little neighborhood. It was a neighborhood of about 10 or 12 homes. And we lived at the top of a hill. And Emily's best friend, who was six months older older man, two and a half, he lived at the bottom of the hill. And so it was not uncommon for the moms, we would text each other, call each other and say, "Um, you know, the kids, do they want to come play at your house? They can play at my house. So we would stand out in the driveway her at the bottom of the hill, me at the top of the hill in my driveway, and our kids could walk back and forth. They felt very independent, very mature. And so one time, Emily was going down to play at Brantley's. And so as she began to walk, the moms are watching. She got down the hill. She started going down the hill. She got more and more excited. She started to walk a little faster. Then she picked up to a jog or to a run. You can, I can tell you know where this story's going. And she face-planted in the middle of the street street. Both moms, big gasp, Emily literally picked herself up, shook her head, wiped asphalt off her face, and kept going. There was nothing that was going to stop Emily from getting to her destination, and Emily's trek to Brantley's house was not unlike What we need to do in parenting, we have to know our determined destination. And it has to be so clear to us so that not if, but when we get distracted, when we get discouraged, when we feel disappointed, we pick ourselves up, wipe the asphalt off, and we keep going. And we say that all the time around here. You have to be able to articulate Why you're doing what you're doing. Why you're parenting. Why you're handling this tantrum. Why you're spending these hours determining exactly the right preschool. Knowing where you're going makes all the difference in the world. Again, it just helps to simplify and clarify the many decisions that you will make. And we have given you a resource on fearlessmom.com. You can click on resources. If you haven't already taken the time to write your family vision statement, your family mission statement, your goal, your destination, then we encourage you to start there because we know as pirate parents, and that's what we're all about, we're all about pirate parenting. The definition is the relentless pursuit of happy, healthy, what kind of children? adult children. Happy, healthy adult children. The relentless pursuit. That means that you will have to pick yourself up and keep going because you will hit bumps in the road. But when you know where you're going, when you've determined your destination, getting back up is that much easier. Throughout this series, we're going to discuss the four Pirate Parenting Principles. Authority, responsibility, gratitude, and honesty. And today, we're going to focus on honesty. We're going to talk about what healthy authority... Oh, did I say honesty? We're going to talk about authority. What healthy authority looks like and why we need to teach it to our kids and how we're going to teach it to our kids. So if you look in your notes, we're going to define authority. What does it look like when a young adult has a healthy understanding? When they understand and embrace authority because that's our goal some of you may have grown up in a home with unhealthy authority so this is a new concept for you but we're going to talk about God's design and God's desire so what does it look like to obey authority for a young person who understands and embraces authority he or she obeys swiftly and completely they obey quickly And they obey all the way. He or she obeys without argument or attitude. Without argument or attitude. So it's swiftly and completely, but it's without argument or attitude. I'm talking about body language, tone, and facial expression. That's where we get down here. Interacts with appropriate, interacts with appropriate tone and posture. And I added in and facial expression because I think facial expressions say a lot more than words, interacts with appropriate tone and posture and facial expression, and then finally receives correction with humility. That's what healthy authority looks like. They obey swiftly, they obey, you know, with a good attitude, and they do it all. Um, And now that we've identified the what, it's important that we stop and we talk about why. Why is it important to teach our kids authority? Because not everybody agrees with this. Some people would say, well, do they really need, you know, can't we just be their friends? I really want to focus on the relationship part. But i tell you what, that's a short-term look at things. Because you and I... Our responsibility, our job is to model healthy authority so that we set our kids up to face the ultimate authority, which is God. So God places us as parents in the home and says, your responsibility, your job, your calling, your command is to model for your child to be their first example of healthy authority so that as they grow and mature, they are able to see God as their ultimate authority. So it's not about a power play. But it's about our preparing them to respond to God as the ultimate authority or to respond to Scripture as the ultimate authority, to submit their will to God's way, their life to His laws. We know that that's how life works best. So if I want to set my kid up for the best life, then I'm going to take the time, I'm going to make the time to help them understand and embrace healthy authority. You may not believe that the Bible is God's Word that the Bible is the ultimate authority, that your job as mom is to set your kid up to understand his relationship with God. But you can't argue that your kid would be better off understanding authority. Every single human on the planet interacts with and submits to authority. Well, what if you own your own business? You've still got to follow building codes. If you live in a neighborhood, you submit to the neighborhood um, rules and regulations. Every person has to understand authority. We believe that it's even bigger than that, that it's bigger than just our local authorities or our government authorities, that our job is to set our kids up to submit to the ultimate authority, which is their relationship with God. And so when we talk about Proverbs 4.23... Is this task of motherhood overwhelming? Yes. Can we get down in the weeds about discipline and get discouraged? Yes. So that's why we take a step back and we look at why. Why, big picture? My job is to prepare them to submit to God. And then we look at my job is to shape their heart. Guard your heart for it determines the course of your life is what Proverbs 4.23. Parenting is much more about shaping a child's heart than it is changing a child's behavior. I'm trying to position his heart in a posture of humility so that he can know how to respond to authorities. So it's about shaping the heart. Do we address behaviors? Yes, we address behaviors because they're a reflection of what's going on in the heart. So I have to understand that my job is to shape the child's heart. I also have to embrace this responsibility. This is tough if you grew up with an unhealthy um, model of authority. We are not going for authoritarian. Authoritarian is just, I'm in charge, you do what I say, period, no discussion, no relationship. We are going for authoritative. I embrace this responsibility and I understand that my rules, my regulations, my discipline is built on a foundation of relationship, just like our relationship with God. He is the ultimate authority. But his commands, his laws, are based in love. It's because he loves us. That's what we model for our children. I've been called to the task of preparing this child's heart so that he's positioned to recognize God as his ultimate authority. That's my job. Not authoritarian, but authoritative. Because you have to pair the rules and regulations with relationship. We'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. Um, But you can't deny, even if you don't acknowledge the Bible is God's word and that it's the ultimate authority, you must acknowledge that every person is better off if they understand and embrace authority, period. Now, how do we teach this? We talked about what we're going to teach, talked about why, talked about how. I want to take a step back and look at it logically, Sometimes when we get down into discipline, it's such an emotionally charged topic, so I want to take a step back and talk about, okay, how do I teach my child to speak? How do you teach your kid to speak? Well, you start out just modeling. We say for them what we want them to say. Mama, mama, dada. We model for them. And then, whether you know it or not, odds are you gave positive reinforcement, positive consequence when they said what you wanted them to say. When Emily would say, mama, I would cheer, I mean, pom-poms, cartwheels, the whole thing. That was positive reinforcement. Odds are Emily's going to repeat that behavior. And when she said, dada, I would say, no. No, no, mama. And so I corrected and redirected. That's how you teach to speak. Well, and then you understand we had two completely different children. Emily, I'm pretty sure she was talking in the hospital, you know, to the nurses in the nursery, telling them what she needs. Joe, on the other hand, did not say a word until he was three. And no, I'm not exaggerating. He literally did not say a word until he was three. So as moms, not only did I model, I gave positive reinforcement and I gave correction, but I also had to understand that everybody learns at a different pace. It's just like behavior and discipline. It's just like that. We focus so much on how we teach our children certain behaviors, but if you take a step back and go, well, how did I teach them to talk? It's exactly the same thing. And so when we talk about discipline, we talk about that desired behavior, you just break it down in the very same way. A lot of people think discipline simply means giving consequences, and that's not accurate. Punishment is giving consequences, negative consequences. Most people consider discipline just giving negative consequences, just punishing when the behavior is not displayed. I'm going to ask you to shift your thinking. Discipline is actually giving consequences, and I mean positive and negative. I mean acknowledging when the child is doing the right thing as well as acknowledging when they're not. And then also equipping at the same time. My job is not just to give punishment. My job is to teach and train, to direct and correct. It, is, it takes every fiber of your being if you're doing it right. And some of you may be thinking, this sounds exhausting. And I want you to know that it is <laughs> only if you're doing it right. But if you put the time in, I was so fortunate to have a mom when I was a first grade teacher um, when I had Emily. She was, um, you know, just a baby. And this mom said to me, she said, if you will put the time in at these years, you will truly enjoy and you will do much less disciplining in the later years. And it was so true. Now, did it take every fiber of my being? Yes, it did. Um, But I was so glad that I had done it because I was able to enjoy those later years. But discipline actually is Teaching, training, correcting, directing, positive and negative. It's about giving instruction and imparting knowledge. But here's the deal. Remember the difference between authoritative and authoritarian? So authoritarian is not what we want. That is just giving out the rules, giving out the punishment, giving out the correction. What we want is authoritative. We want rules with that relationship. So if you look in your notes... Rules without relationship, that's the authoritarian. Rules without relationship build resentment and rebellion. Rules with relationship build respect. And responsibility. If you go to fearlessmom.com, you can find that we have done multiple videos on the importance of laughter, on the importance of play. Now, I just think everybody has more fun if they laugh, and there's great value in that. But also, you are building a foundation of trust. There is so much value in that time you spend playing board games, that time you spend sitting on the back porch, that time you spend in family dinners. It's not just about that time. It's about your children trusting you when it comes time for you to deliver some negative consequences. Emily is 23 now. Recently, Mac asked her, um, you know, Emily, uh, why was it that even when you disagreed with us, Even when you disagreed, and usually we knew when Emily disagreed, even when you disagreed, you obeyed. And she said, you know, even though I didn't like what you were saying, I knew you were saying it for my own good. I knew you were saying it for me. That was because of the games we had played. That was because of the, you know, breakfast we'd had together, the vacations we had taken, all of those activities built trust and built that relationship. So now you layer the discipline on top of that foundation. But it is mission critical. I know everybody's like, well, I'm just not a board games person. Well, you know, get over yourself. <laughs> um, it's not about you. It's about your responsibility. And if the most effective discipline is when it's built on relationships. So you figure out how to love your kids. I'm going to break discipline down super quick. Discipline's made up of just five things. Number one, establish the desired behavior. You just determine what you want your child to behave like. Establish the desired behavior. Articulate and model that behavior to your child. And then give positive consequences when the behavior is displayed. Give negative consequences when it's not. And then ready? Here's the last one. Rinse and repeat over and over and over and over and over, and if you have a strong will blessing, over and over and over, and people say this consequence isn't working, um, the behavior's not changing. I go I, over and over and over because with a strong will blessing, you may not see change in behavior, but you remember you're establishing authority. I'm in charge, you're not. Period. Now, the trick, I think, in implementing this, establish the desired behavior, look, it's so logical, isn't it? Because there's no emotion (laughs) attached to it. When I write this, I'm like, oh, this, yes, it just makes such sense. But when I was in it, I was emotionally charged. And so looking at it logically, yes, that is awesome, and actually that's the goal. The most effective discipline comes when you remove emotion from it. There are three things that you have to, if you're thinking, why am I emotionally charged? I can tell that my response to this behavior was disproportionate to the behavior itself. There are three reasons. Fear, you're thinking, I've messed up, I'm not preparing my child, I'm not a good mom, and fear sets in. And so you're panicking. It's not really about that behavior. It becomes about you. Number two, fatigue. And if you're a mom, you're fatigued. And so that is part of it. But when you're looking at it, you go, God, help me see when I'm being illogical. Help me see when my emotions are, you know, I'm losing my perspective because of my emotions. Um, so it's fear, fatigue, and then frustration. Sometimes we do not pay attention to little behaviors, little um, things that bother us. And they grow and grow. Um, my, uh, <laughs> the clearest example to me was um, I did not necessarily check my kids' rooms and inspect my kids' rooms um, and make sure they were clean. And then let's say, oh, I don't know, my mom was coming to town. And then I walk into my daughter's room and it looks like a tornado, you know, just hit. Well, My reaction was disproportionate to the behavior. And um, I hit the ceiling, you know, and I went, well, why? Because... I'm frustrated at this point because I hadn't addressed it early enough. So it's just something, if you want to try to remove emotion, you need to go, okay, am I being fearful, am I frustrated, or am I fatigued? What can I do about that? Um, we talk about looking at those little behaviors, and we're going to get to this a little bit more when we talk about the subtle disrespect for authority. Um, I like to think of them as baby sharks. A baby shark, I don't know if y'all know that song, we sang it in Girl Scouts, baby shark, bump, 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 but baby shark bump, 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 but um, and then it gets a little bigger, you know, mama shark, bump, bump, and then it turns into daddy shark. Well, baby shark is much easier to address than daddy shark, and so if we will address those behaviors when they are baby sharks, we are, you know, a lot less frustrated. Um, so remove the emotion and just break it down. Now, if you are a mom of a preteen and teen. And you're thinking, well, I mean, this sounds like a good idea, but I just haven't done this, and I think my um, family is just too far gone. You know, I'm going to try this on my grandkids. (laughs) Well, I just want you to know it's not too late. It's not too early, and it's not too late. If we've all acknowledged that this is important to teach our children, then I'm willing to turn the ship, and it can be done. Mac and I started this in the very beginning, but there were times in our parenting where we sat our kids down, and we had to have a reset. And we had to say, hey, you know what? You guys are awesome. And we love being your parents. But... You guys are being a little slack on the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Or I've noticed that you're not obeying quite as quickly. You're kind of just doing it when you get around to it. I just want you to know that I know that you can do it, and I'm going to be watching for it. So we'd have to do a reset. Maybe your kid is so defiant, and yes, ma'am would be, you know, it's like you can't even see yes, ma'am being in his vocabulary. Actually, his vocabulary is quite undesirable. So this is what I would say. It's not too late, and I'm always a big believer, if you need help, get help. Find a Christian counselor so that you can communicate in a healthy way, and focus on the relationship. What does he like? What does she like? Try to find some common ground. Show him that you love him, that you like him, that you want to be his mom, and that you're not going to give up. Show her that you love her and you're not going to give up. Find some common ground there. Work on the relationship. Um, Now, I uh, think it's super important that we cover some important basics real quick. I need to explain to you what I'm talking about when we talk about that obey swiftly and completely and all of those things. It's super important that we all understand there are two kinds of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable. That's it. There are two kinds of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable. Now, there are some behaviors that are normal. You have to understand the difference between normal behavior and acceptable behavior. So let's say a toddler pitches a fit when you say it's time to leave Chick-fil-A. Is that normal? Yes. Is it acceptable? No. So therefore, I have to address it. When you're preteen. Um, says, um, no, I'm not going to put my iPad up now. I'm going to, I want to finish this game. Is that normal? Yes. Is it acceptable? No. You have to address every unacceptable behavior. Every one. Is it exhausting? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes, it is worth it. But you've got to understand that difference. And as moms, we tend to make excuses for our kids. I know how my child is feeling, so I will explain her behavior. Let's say that Emily pitches a fit when um, Max says it's time for bed, hypothetical, um, and she pitches a fit, and I go, oh, well, she thought, I had told her that we were going to play a game before bed. You know what Max says? Interesting and irrelevant. She needs to obey me, period. That behavior is unacceptable. And he's right. He's right. I hate it when he's logical. I hate it. It annoys me. But he's right. You have to understand the difference. We're going to address every unacceptable behavior. There's a difference between normal and um, acceptable. A one-year-old thrashes around every time you change his diaper. You're going to have to get control of that kid. You're going to have to. That is unacceptable behavior. It's disrespect for authority. Do I think that um, one-year-old is thinking, you are not my authority. I do not want... No. No. I'm thinking, though, if that behavior is unacceptable, you have to address it. I, so many times moms will say, okay, should I discipline this behavior? My 18-month-old um, knocked over his brother's, um, you know, tower, his block tower. Should I discipline for that? And Because well, he really didn't know what he was doing. He didn't mean to do it. I go, well, is that behavior acceptable or unacceptable? Look at that behavior and go, what does that behavior look like in a classroom? in a dorm room, in a boardroom. If it's unacceptable, my responsibility is to address the behavior. Emily is totally emotional. I love that about her. Her, When she would want to tell me something, it was usually really loud and with great emotion and sometimes yelling at me. So is it normal? Yeah, she's passionate. Is it acceptable? No. So I would say, I want to talk to you, but I want you to watch your tone. And I'm not going to listen if you yell at me. And calm down now. Because listen, she's going to get frustrated with her boss. She's going to get frustrated with her husband. She's going to get frustrated with her roommates. Is it appropriate for her to start yelling and crying to explain her situation? Is it normal? Yes. Is it acceptable? No. Therefore, we must address it. It is super important. And don't you love how logical it is when we look at it and talk about other people's behavior? (laughs) You know? And then we lose all logic when it comes to our children. And that's that's just part of it. It's wonderful. That means we love them so much and we are forever tied to them. So now let's break it down and look at how we teach authority to the littlest ones. You're like, I have a newborn. This is not relevant to me. I'm not disciplining. My child is an angel. Well, not really. But um, here's what we have to understand. Every child, these are not bad kids that are being disrespectful. These are not bad kids who are disobeying. These are great kids who are born with a predisposition towards self-promotion and self-preservation. Every human on the planet, even your precious angel newborn, is born with a predisposition toward self-promotion and self-preservation. By definition, that means they are going against authority because they want to make their own decisions and as human beings, we are in it for us. That is how we are wired up. But we have to be taught, moms, that is our responsibility to teach, to submit to the authority, even when we disagree. That is our job. That's why it's so important. So, you have a baby. Are you disciplining your baby yet? Probably not, but you are teaching authority. You're modeling for your child. If your baby is so tiny, you're thinking, I can't even picture that. Well, then it's time for you to say, How do I respond to authority? What is my definition of healthy authority? And do I see the value? Because God's design and desire is for me to model healthy authority. So it's time for you. This is awesome. If you are just now establishing that, then, hey, it's best to do that before you get bad habits in place. So go ahead and examine what the Bible says. Figure out how you can best be a good example of authority and embrace the authority God has given you. And again, that is easier for some people than it is, than, than it is for others, but it is our job. It is our responsibility. And for some moms, they go, I can't imagine you know, getting mad at my child, getting frustrated. It's not about that. It's your job to equip your child. It's your job to set your child up for his best life. And we've already agreed that his best life is lived if he understands authority. Toddlers and preschoolers and school-age kids... Remember we said, not authoritarian, but authoritative, and so it's rules and regulations, and it's discipline built on a foundation of relationship. So now's the time to get to know your kid. Know your child. Know um, what they like, what they don't like. Understand what is a, you know, how they receive love, how they interpret your love, and what is a positive consequence and what is a negative consequence. You see, for my two children... They are complete opposites. So a positive consequence for Emily would be taking her shopping for a new outfit when she was like two. (laughs) Taking her shopping for a new outfit... A negative consequence for Joe, making him go shopping for a new outfit. You see, a negative consequence for Emily, making her wear the same outfit every day. A positive consequence for Joe, telling him, Hey, buddy, you don't have to change clothes for a week. He he would have loved that. You've got to know your children. When we talk about discipline, it's not one size fits all. You have to learn your kid, learn your kid to know how they understand that you love them. So, what was love to Joe? How did I build that relationship? It was just sitting and watching TV. If he really heard love when I sat there without asking questions. I mean, to be honest, it was the less talking, the better. But if I you know acted interested in the NBA or whatever basketball game was on, and I sat without asking questions. That was his love language. Emily. If I just listened and listened some more and asked some more questions and listened some more and then talked some and listened some more and just listened to a lot of talking. And so it, but you've got to know your kid. That is so, so critical. Not just what's positive and negative to them, but how they hear, I love you. Because it's so critical. Because eventually, remember, they will get to a point where you give them some consequences, and they don't agree with you, but they trust you. That is what it's all about. It's not about the games you're playing. It's about all of that trust you're building. Okay, now, I um, say this a lot. Okay, so for toddlers, preschoolers, and school age, you got to have a plan ahead of time. You're much, more le- you're much less likely to get emotionally charged if you have a game plan and you know the game plan. I highly recommend your... Now, I'm not talking about you're going to get into a negotiation with your two-year-old. When I talk about equipping and training your kids, it's age-appropriate. But let's say for preschoolers, I would say, or even toddlers, before we get to Chick-fil-A, okay, we're going to go in Chick-fil-A, and then eventually we're going to have to leave. And I'm as sad as you are. Um, And so you say, I'm going to tell you two-minute warning, and then we're going to get in the car. Now, listen carefully. I know that's hard for you, but I know you can use self-control, and you can get in the car when I ask you to. Do you understand? Yes. And then I would offer a positive consequence if, you know, okay, and if you do that, then um, I will, you know... I don 't know you get five extra minutes of whatever technology y'all use. we didn't have it when our kids were little um, and then uh, I, w- I would say and then I would tell them in advance here's your negative consequence if you don't get in the car when I ask you to. So you prepare before we discuss it. We have a plan, no surprises. I'm not saying that's going to make it work, particularly if you have a strong will blessing. I mean I did that every time, and you know people would say to me, um, and you know you've read blogs and articles and they're like you know what, you just have to carry them out screaming one time and they will never do it again. I'm like, I am so happy for you that that is your experience because that is not my experience. I took Emily kicking and screaming out of Target, out of Walmart, out of Chick-fil-A, out of McDonald's, out of the grocery store, almost every time. And so that was just our life, and that's okay. Remember about speech? We model and we recognize that every kid learns at his or her own pace. We do the same thing with behavior. And I'm not frustrated with her. Okay, maybe I am. Um, and it's possible that I gained 15 pounds at that age because when I got frustrated, I turned immediately to Snickers or French fries. Um, and maybe that's not your experience, but that's mine. And so, but I never quit. I just keep at it over and over and over again. And don't give up. Do not grow weary in doing good, for in the proper time you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Don't give up. It's mission critical. It's key. Now, The subtle disrespect, because we said our job is to teach a healthy concept of authority. And so here's where I set the bar. I set the bar, and we gave the definition of authority, and we talked about how they obey swiftly and completely, without attitude. We watched their facial expression, their tone, their body language. We asked them to do it exactly as we told them, and that's the bar. Now my responsibility is to guard the bar. I've set the bar, now I've got to guard the bar. And so I've got to watch even the behaviors that are just beneath the bar. Remember the baby sharks? If you address the subtle disrespect, you're going to have less occasion to have the big disrespect. So here are some subtle things that, you know what, you probably don't even notice all the time. That's what happened to me. I was with my kids all the time. And so I had to pray, God, please help me see things as they really are and help me see the baby sharks because this is my job and I really want to like them when they're teenagers. That's really, it was my whole motive. Um, So some subtle disrespect. Speaks with disrespectful tone. I mean, this meant tone in our house. I would go, tone, watch your tone. I want to hear you. Watch your tone. I'm the mom. You will never raise your voice to me. And that was it. And then sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. If it didn't, I had to follow through and I had to say, I wanted to hear you, but I can't now. And then I would turn and walk away. Try to do it without emotion. And then, or I would say, oh, and sometimes I'd give her a heads up or give him a heads up. I go, I can tell that you have a little bit of an edge in your voice and I'm just going to give you a little warning because I I know you want to tell me what happened, but I need to to remind you that I'm the mom and you cannot raise your voice to me. It's not about a power play. It's about teaching them self-control and the most effective way to handle conflict is with an appropriate tone, with appropriate body language, and appropriate facial expression. You have to watch for the tiniest things. Another one is just when they sort of obey. When they sort of obey. Joseph, put the remote control in my hand. And he puts it on the table. That's not what I said. I said, put it in my hand. Is that a little thing? Yep, but it's a baby shark. And you have to watch it. Sometimes, I'm not saying the kid has, you know, an evil heart. He's out to get you. No, remember... He he is born with a predisposition towards self-preservation and self-promotion. My job is to show him where the bar is. Listen carefully. They don't acknowledge. They argue. Oh, here's a big one. They argue or they talk back. Not now. I will in a minute. Um, I'll do it when I finish with this. Remember what we said? Our responsibility um, is to model for them healthy authority so that they understand one day how to respond to God and Scripture is the ultimate authority. So now I want you to think about this. If I say, um, Joseph put the remote in my hand and he just puts it on the table, that's not completely obeying. And how often do we do that with God? And our life works better if we obey him completely, if we obey him swiftly. How many times have I said, we talk about make them obey right when you tell them to. Not a power play. I said, clean up your room now. You will have a consequence now that I you did not obey. It's not about the room. It's not about that interaction. It's about setting him up for his understanding when God commands him, when God speaks to him and he says, not right now, God. I'll obey that when I finish this. I'll do what you're directing me to when I feel like it. See, it's not about right now. It's about preparing them for them. God is the ultimate authority. Scripture is the ultimate authority. But we have the responsibility to set them up to understand that authority. And when we look at it that way, If you're resistant to the authority, if you're resistant to being the heavy hand, when you look at it that way, then you go, okay, it's worth it. It's worth it. I understand the why. And so the what tells you where you're going, and the wind, you know, the uh, why puts wind in your sails and will keep you going. So you have to pay attention to any edge in their voice. All those subtle things are just subtle disrespects for authority that we need to look for and address murk, murk, as baby sharks. Now, also interacting with adults and other people they don't know. This is a great opportunity to teach how to interact with authorities. Um, and I'm not talking about stranger danger. Use common sense, be wise. Teach them to trust their gut. You don't tell a child, you don't make a child hug anyone. You teach them to trust their gut but you teach them to respect and be polite to everyone. And so with Joseph, with Emily, um, she talked to people whenever she felt like it. Um, she actually saw herself as an adult, so we didn't really have to teach her this. Um, but with Joe, we really had to work on being assertive and speaking to adults. It's just a sign of respect. And so when he was five, I would take him to the food court. Um, every Friday, we went to the food court, and I would give him a $5 bill, and Joseph remember, didn't talk till he was three. So he was difficult to understand when he was five. And um, obviously Chick-fil-A is our go-to. So he would go stand in line at Chick-fil-A and I would say, they're going to think that you're with a mom. They're going to think one of those ladies is your mom. Um, You're going to have to be assertive. You're going to have to speak clearly. You're going to have to look him in the eye when you order and repeat it if they don't understand you. And so I did it every Friday for, I don't know how long, months. And so at first, you know, it was hard to watch because he was intimidated. I mean, you know, Emily had spoken for him his whole life, so he had never really had that experience. By, you know, week three, he was assertive. By week, you know, six, we could be in a restaurant, and he would say, Mom, can I please get some ketchup? You know, which, Mom, can I please have some ketchup? Um, And I would say, You need to ask the waiter. You're going to have to get his attention and ask for it. And so he had learned how to be assertive, how to, you know, catch the waiter's attention, how to repeat it if the waiter didn't understand him. My job was to sit there quietly and to let him figure out how to articulate that. And he began to have his own relationship with adults and to understand other authorities other than me, other than Mac. It's just a wonderful thing. Again, common sense not strangers. (laughs) We do have boundaries. But um, encourage them to speak with adults. Teach them how if it's hard for them. Look them in the eye. Practice shaking hands. Practice. When someone says to you, hey, how are you doing? Teach them and rehearse. I'm doing great. How are you? And teach them how to engage appropriately. It's just another way to respect authority. Now, in our first video, we said our kids learn two ways: through intentional instruction, and that's what we've been talking about—all these different ways to, how to implement your discipline, how to have a plan, how to teach them, how to guard the bar, how to give consequences, positive and negative. That's intentional instruction. But as we close, I want you to consider that our children also learn about authority through our observed overflow, their observed. Of our overflow their observation of our overflow so through observed overflow they learn about authority so maybe you thought oh I've never taught my child this odds are yes you have I'm going to ask you a few questions what is your tone what is your facial expression what is your body language when you are speaking to or about authorities for instance, have you ever said, that was? this is the dumbest assignment. I don't know why your teacher gave you this assignment. This is stupid. Well, the teacher is the authority. And what have you just taught your child about authority? I know it's not intentional. This is not about guilt. This is about helping you be intentional with your overflow. You are teaching your kids authority the way you respond to refs. In a soccer game, in a basketball game, in any game, the ref or the ump, they're the authorities. So you teach them how to respond to authority. I know moms, I know, and probably dads, but I know moms will say, who thought of this carpool pickup? This is ridiculous. Some idiot thought this was a good idea. Well, that idiot is an administrator at the school and one of their kids' authorities, and you've just taught them By your response to the authority, be aware and be intentional. Your children learn through, you know, intentional instruction and also more so, I'm going to say, through observed overflow. So military, administrators at school, coaches, police officers, remember that many of these things are more caught taught so we need to be intentional about how we are talking about and talking to authorities the checkout lady at um, target she's the authority in that situation and so we are we respectful are we grateful are we interacting appropriately what is my tone what is my facial expression Every interaction matters. Every interaction is an opportunity to teach our children how to respond to authority. Every interaction is an opportunity to help our kids understand and embrace healthy authority. And my goodness, everyone's life, everyone's life is better when they understand and embrace authority. And so I believe that we can do it. I believe that it is worth it. Yes, I believe it's hard work. I believe it is hard work, but I believe it is worth it. So let's have a prayer, and I want to pray for you as you try to teach your kids a healthy understanding of authority. God, we thank you so much for being our ultimate authority. We thank you for your word that reveals to us that your commands and your laws and your being authority is for our best interests. God, give us what we need, the insight, the wisdom, the common sense, and the courage to be a healthy authority in our kids' lives. We are grateful for you. We are grateful to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen.